Welcome to BitFirst Byte, a weekly podcast about the web industry, tools and techniques upcoming and in use today. My name is Adam Listek, a web developer from Central Illinois in Northern California. And today I want to talk about net neutrality. So you may have heard a lot about this recently in the news. Um, it's been certainly a topic of debate several times over the past couple of years. And it's recently come up again because the current FCC uh, chairman, uh, Ajit Pai, has decided that he's going to roll back the current net neutrality law that's in place um, or policies in place and replace it, um, well, not so much replace it, but shift it over to uh, mostly the FTC. So I want to talk about what is net neutrality, what's the current law, how can this affect me, you know, what what is currently going on, and then where do we go from here? So what is net neutrality? Well, net neutrality is the concept that the access lanes to the internet, they should be neutral and not prioritized. And this just ensures that all companies and individuals have a fair and equal opportunity to access the internet. And this is how the internet's basically always worked up to this point. But this is just kind of enshrining that principle that it should be fair. You know, it's not saying that it's a right to have the internet, you know, that you still have to pay for it, but it just means that companies, individuals shouldn't have to pay a premium to access certain services or different avenues to get onto the internet. So what is the current law? Well, in February of 2015, and then going into effect in June of 2015, the FCC classified broadband providers as common carriers under what's called Title II, and effectively it regulated them as utilities, such as electric or water. Now, Title II, with and being classified as a common carrier, you know, would normally put a lot of regulations on um, the, uh, the thing that's being covered underneath it. And so kind of as a, as a compromise to not overly regulating, um, but still maintaining the same principles, they use something called forbearance. And really what this meant was it's just a way to pick and choose the various regulations and um, types of policies that normally you'd have to use, you know, in, in, in its entirety with Title II and only apply a subset of that. And it's really something like they're not going to, you know, set price setting rules or anything like that on the Internet. So it was an attempt, you know, at a regulatory framework that would not overly impose so many burdensome reg regulations, but still allowing for the basic requirements of attempting to stay neutral. Ultimately, what the law was really focused on preventing was blocking. A provider couldn't choose to block one service over another, you know, just because or they had a competing interest. So it's like saying that if Comcast decided to put up a video service, they can't block Hulu or Netflix because that would eat into their potential revenue. 
um, it blocked throttling. You know, back, you know, a couple years ago, you know, probably about a decade now, um, when peer-to-peer was still somewhat in its infancy, there was a lot of throttling that was going on. And what this meant was that they would slow down your connection if you were using too much bandwidth. And this was detrimental because maybe even in the beginning it was an attempt to kind of regulate the network to try to not saturate the lines and provide fair and balanced um, access to everyone. It, It very quickly turns into a technique to slow down one provide you know one service that someone else has like YouTube for example or Hulu you know in deference to another one and so it's kind of the same thing as blocking but just a slightly different um, aspect to it and then finally paid prioritization and what this is just means that you know the term fast lanes comes out a lot so an example of this is that you know, Netflix, which has a lot of video data going across the network, they have a lot of what's called, you know, peering agreements or interconnects with, you know, Comcast or Verizon. And to keep that going and with the level of bandwidth that, you know, is needed by Netflix, they, you know, the Comcast and Verizon would say, hey, maybe you could pay us a little bit more and we'll give you a little bit more bandwidth or we'll ensure that delivery is better. And although a company like Netflix might ultimately be able to absorb it, you know, maybe they pass on that cost to consumers, it does hurt competition because what if there's an upstart, you know, that wants to take on Netflix and now they can't compete on the same level because they don't have the money to buy into these fast lanes. You know, and, and it's just a way to kind of ensure innovation and competition across all of these areas. So how can this affect you? Well, it, it has in some degrees in the past, you know, and that's what the law has attempted to, you know, prevent against. So some examples of this are, or examples of why this might affect you is, you know, with all of the above you know, reasons for net neutrality, you know, you might find that if we weren't doing that, you aren't able to access the same services you used to. Or costs and, you know, the cost of these services end up going up because they have to pay more, they can't get the same, you know, uh, quality. And so to ensure delivery, they got to pass that cost on somewhere. And innovation is stalled. You know, if companies aren't at a somewhat level playing field how can they compete you know if if you've got a netflix that can clearly you know pay for all this bandwidth but then you have like an upstart that's like hey i want to get in here i want to compete i think i can do a better job but i just can't pay that amount of money and so my quality suffers and consumers aren't likely to go over there now, there's a number of examples. Uh, I can't I remember the exact user, but uh, someone compiled a couple examples of this over time that was on Reddit. And 
These were existing cases that happened prior to the law taking effect, and just some example of this already having happened in the past. In 2005, um, Madison River Communications, they blocked voice over IP. Also in 2005, Comcast was denying peer-to-peer customers uh, without notification, so just blocking their service. In 2007 to 2009, AT&T was blocking Skype and voice over IP providers because they didn't want competition with their uh, mobile service. Metro PCS in 2011 tried to block all streaming except for YouTube. In 2011 to 2013, AT&T, Sprint, and Verizon were blocking Google Wallet because it was competing with a new product. And I remember that one because I was trying to get Google Wallet at the time because uh, I wanted to try it out and realized that the phone I had, I wasn't able to. And it was only not too far after that that they, you know, just after 2013 that they stopped doing it. Um, in 2012, AT&T was attempting to block FaceTime unless customers pay more. So an example of paid prioritization, uh, more on the customer side. Um, and then in 2013, Verizon stated that the only thing stopping them from favoring one content provider over another was the net neutrality rules. So what's currently happening? Well, the newly appointed FCC commissioner uh, is attempting to dismantle the previous framework, and he's been against this from day one. And in fact, way back when, when he had a hand at the FCC, he was, he was against it then as well. So it's not a surprise that this is happening, but... It is something that now that we've seen what the law has done, the effect this had, especially on ISPs, and you know, most of them have stated that it is not hurting them. You know, initially everyone was up in arms about how much this was going to hurt ISPs, how difficult it was going to be to comply. It ended up not really being the case, and so one of the biggest fears has been shown not to be accurate. So they wrapped up a comment gathering phase, and it was shown to be vastly inaccurate. It was spammed with a ton of comments, and a couple different analysis have shown that 99% of the legitimate and organic comments were pro-net neutrality. They're, and they're arguing for the majority of the ability to regulate, to move from the FCC to the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. The thing about that is they can only act on issues on a case-by-case basis and only after harm has actually been done. And even with that, AT&T recently won a case in federal appeals that established that it was immune to the FTC oversight because, well, it operated a telephone service. So the case may end up being that neither agency can really regulate a number of these ISPs anymore. The argument is also that the Majority of customers have a choice of providers, and this is the argument on the other side of uh, against net neutrality, and they can just switch if one isn't acting up if they're not providing the service. Well, that's been shown to not be the case at all because the majority of the population really only has access to a single provider with no recourse. You just can't up and switch like sometimes with mobile providers. It's a little easier, but you just can't you know, say, I'm going to go from Comcast to AT&T. The, if the provider is not in the area, you just can't do it. And most of the case, that is most of the case. So where do we go from here? Well, 
Call your congressman or congresswoman and tell them to fight for net neutrality and how it will affect you. Keeping a vocal voice going is critical to making sure that this isn't lost. You know, we still have a, ch- a chance to really get our voice in there, really keep going for net neutrality as the framework and the absolute minimum we should be doing to ensure that everyone has fair and equitable access and that we can keep the innovation going and keep the ability for everyone to access the internet fairly. So the, the EFF, uh, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, has a great site to email your representatives and tell them that you need to keep the internet free. I'll include the links um, on the site, and uh, I'll also include it on various social media posts. But check it out. It will automatically email your uh, congressman or woman, and you can do a little customized message as well. But it is perfect for doing this and making sure your voice is heard. So keep paying attention, keep watching, make sure to be vocal, and we'll keep at it. And hopefully, fingers crossed, and with enough fight, we can actually make sure that we, we keep net neutrality. So finally, follow this podcast on Twitter at bitvbyte and Facebook at slash bitvbyte, and let me know how you think net neutrality has or will impact you. Thank you for listening, and I hope you join us next week.